Welcome to Car Selling Secrets with Doug Sprinthal, Mike McGowan, and Andy Brant Bernard. And we'll be right back to kick off. What? You didn't say Tom Bernard. Oh, yeah, Tom Bernard. Just in case. It was funny because I was talking to a lady yesterday. She called me from a bank about because we moved, so they were sending stuff to the old address. She needed the new address. And she goes, You sound like Tom Bernard a lot. And I said, there's a reason for that. She goes, well, what's Homebridge? I saw it's this company that I took over, and it's, we're closing the doors any minute. So she I literally, she sends me a text message. I said hello to her, her husband this morning because he has listened to every show since April 17th, 1986. Oh, wow. Every show he's listened to. That's unbelievable. All right, we'll be back with Dougie, Car Selling Secrets, right after this. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Oh, well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. We are back with episode, what is it, Andy? 48. God, it's unbelievable. We Almost might... at a year's <clears throat> worth. Yeah. Our special guest is uh, a neighbor of Walzer's old Subaru store, Mike McGowan. He joins us in studio. He's a friend of Jimmy Francis. Jimmy called me up and says, you got to have this guy on. He's got a really interesting story to tell. But before Don't tell we... people that you know Jimmy Francis. It's a bad idea, Mike. <laughs> before we get to that, it's a tradition of the podcast that the guest starts out by telling the story of the very first car they had. And if it's a terrible one, just make it up. I think it was a great car. It okay. It was a 1969 Mercury Cougar. Oh, Dark wow. Ooh, I love that car. Our roof. That was the, uh, what's her name now, that did all the ads for him? For Mercury Cougar? Yeah. Uh, she was in Charlie's Angels. Farrah Fawcett. Oh, Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, She did all go. those Cougar ads, right? She was never in my car. <laughs> <laughs> you wish she was in your car. You're still married. You're going to stick with that. Yes, exactly. So how long did you have it? Uh, six or nine months. That's not very long. What happened? I had to go back to college. Oh, okay. Farrah wanted it back. She wanted her car back. That's I remember it. those those because they had the hideaway headlights and then the sequential taillights where you turn on the blinker and they go. Duk, 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 yeah. Duk, oh yeah. Right. Cool. It's like the world's fanciest Ford Mustang is really what it was. Mike, tell us what's going on. Tell us about your family's business and the struggles you're having with basically everybody other than the people in this room. I think this is a pretty interesting story, but it's better if you tell it than I try to remember everything. Uh, well, thank you very much for having me, and I appreciate the opportunity. Nice to meet all of you. Um, my dad was in the landfill business. He started in the early 1960s on a piece of land 
where there is now a golf driving range, which is adjacent to the walls or formerly Walzer It was Subaru our Subaru store. store. This is right uh, when you come over 35W, uh, when you, as soon as you cross the river, if you look to the left, you'll see the driving range and then our dealership. So um, my dad started filling that land in with ash from the power plant down there, the Black Dog power plant. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was going to go into the heavy equipment business and sell heavy equipment because he was familiar with that. And he realized that trying to fill that land in would take way too long with the ash from the power plant. So we went to the then village of Burnsville, and he got a permit to dump garbage on that property. And he stopped dumping garbage there in 1969, realizing that he could make a business of it and make things work. And he moved over to the west side of 35W, where there's approximately 200 acres of land, 150 of which are landfill, were landfill, closed yep. in 1990. Now, was the 30 was the 35W bridge that that, well, that was built? When when was that built? I'm yeah, from nine. I'm a Minnesotan <clears throat> since 1971, so I don't. The the, the bridge was was constructed by then. Okay. So what is going on currently? What are you guys trying to do with the property, and what's happening? So what's been ongoing is that the landfill on the west side closed in 1990. Mm -hmm. uh, we started a business where there is a very large building where construction and demolition trucks come in and dump material, and also garbage has now become more sophisticated, and it's called municipal solid waste, MSW. Mm -hmm. And we have a large building where these trucks come in and they dump on a concrete floor under a roof and we land or we load the construction and demolition debris and the MSW into semi-trailers and haul them to landfills. So that business started 30 years ago when the landfill closed. Um, what's been going on for 40 plus years is that the state of Minnesota in the form of the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency uh, has continued to harass um, the McGowans, my dad, uh, our family. My dad passed away 16 years ago. Um, they are threatening now uh, in legislation that passed two years ago to sue my sister and I as trustees of part of my dad's estate. So the law that applied up until till two years ago uh, the Minnesota Superfund law was modified just for the McGowans. And the law was that the owner or operator of the facility, and the interesting part of this piece, is that everyone that hauled or dumped garbage in that landfill was also potentially liable for the cleanup. Oh God. Wow. Recently, the state of Minnesota has estimated that the cleanup cost is approximately $120 million. <laughs> Which so is, this is the two sites on either side of the freeway? Correct. Okay. So what the state would like to do, which is not necessary when we get into the empirical test data, is that they want to dig all that garbage up. They want to put plastic underneath it, which is the new yeah. law, pile the garbage back up, and then lean the land or my family for the cost of remediation, which, again, they're estimating at $120 million. So my dad followed all of the rules that were applicable at the time. He did everything according to the law, closed the landfill, which the state of Minnesota 
never did. There was litigation between uh, Freeway Landfill, which was my dad's business, and the state of Minnesota in the early 90s. A district court judge ordered the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency to close the landfill, which they never abided by. So this has been an ongoing saga. It has affected every facet of our lives. Uh, I, I suggest to people that Freeway Landfill is the most studied or tested landfill in the entire state. It's just, I mean, as a lay person, obviously I'm a car salesman, I'm not an attorney. It just, it seems like, okay, you applied for permits, you've followed the letter of the law for years and years and years, and now they're suddenly saying, okay, we need $125 million to clean it up. I got to do a North Minneapolis thing because we always do this in North Minneapolis. So it was 120 million to clean it up. That's what the state is estimating. How much you got on your right now? <laughs> Just a hair less than that. <laughs> a little hair less than that. Exactly. 119. 119. Honestly, 120 million dollars. How could it be that much? How deep is it? The garbage is approximately 20 to 25 feet deep. There's there's not a lot of waste there. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that much. No. And and one of the biggest beefs that I have, uh, I grew up in South Minneapolis, born and raised, and I was raised by a mom and dad that taught us to work hard. Mm-hmm. And I would like to think that uh, we have done that. Um, but but the, the fact that the rules were followed, that everything was done according to the law, and now, 30 years after that business is co- closed, the state wants to come back in and get into your pocket. It's just unbelievable. How do they, how do they allow them to go? I suppose if they're the state, they can do whatever the hell they want. Huh? They continue to change the law. Uh, there was legislation pending two weeks ago. I don't know whether it's gone away yet or not, but there was a, a bill before the Senate, Senate File 4145. And what the state was attempting to do is change the condemnation law, which I believe affects everyone in the state. And the state was also attempting to come in and condemn the land without having to pay for the land. Wow. God. So who pissed off who here? What happened? (laughs) I think that my dad was a hardworking Irishman. Mm -hmm. Uh, He called... uh, spade a spade he called it the way it was mm-hmm. and when somebody did or said something that he didn't think was correct or right he would let them know it you know what's really amazing about that mike is i've been telling people that for years that there is a certain element in minnesota not all the fine people that work every day but there's a certain element in minnesota if you act like a man and stand up for yourself they hate it they just hate it when you act like a man in the state not everybody again but that that certain element it's like you're supposed to get down on your knees and just bow to us or something. And your father wouldn't do it. I won't do it. They just will not leave me alone. Same situation. And so that's what it is, the fact that he just wouldn't back down. Yeah, that, that question would have to be asked of them. And as I said earlier, I believe, my dad passed 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's continued for the past 16 years. God. And I refuse to let the state take... 230 acres of potentially developable land yeah that um we can get into this which i hope we do that is not contaminating um that is being treated differently than a landfill that's three quarters of a mile away from us that was started before my dad started there is no plastic under that landfill Mm -hmm. and they are being treated differently and they have in fact expanded several times so I, i hate to make it overly simplistic but it's not fair 
No, you're absolutely right. We should take a quick break here. We'll be right back. Doug, what are you doing? What are you gambling? No, my wife's texting. She goes, that talk and text number looks wrong. And I'm like, no, it's right. Sorry. Yep. Most people think it's supposed to be 651 right. because we're Minnesota. Oh, so but it is not. So we do have a talk and text line if you want to call in. We have a text. caller, actually. So as soon as we get back. Okay, we'll take a break, as soon as we get back. back. Cool. Yeah. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? <laughs> Real nice. Chuck Knobloch. <laughs> Chuck Knobloch. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. We are back with Mike McGowan on Car Selling Secrets. We have a caller on the talk and text line. If you have any comments or texts, that number is 561-228-4061. That's 561 561- Two two eight four zero six one. Who's on the line, Andy? That's a great question because we have no capacity to answer that. Hello, who is it? Hi, it's Polly. Polly. Hey, Polly. What's yeah. up, Polly? Yeah, you know, just you know, living the dream up here in Thick Cloud, you know. <laughs> <laughs> living the dream, baby. Polly, we're here with Mike, yeah. and Doug, and Andy. What do you got? Say, um, I had to go get tested for the COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. and I um I told my family about it, and they got really angry with me because I told them that I had to get tested without having a positive result. I was wondering if I did the wrong thing or what. No, of course not. If you were worried about it, of course, if you can be tested, be tested. There's nothing wrong with what you did. You don't want to worry about whether no you got COVID or not. Yeah. The problem is, is that my one of my family members has breast cancer, and so she went right away and canceled all of her radiation oh. appointments. And my other, my niece, um, you know where I screwed up was when on Mother's Day we went to my mom's house, and we weren't going to all get together, and I actually bought her a, a like 15 homemade masks or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
and um, we went over there, and then the next day I started feeling sick, and then I called the doctor, and he said, well, you have to go out and get tested because the symptoms fit the protocol or whatever. Mm-hmm. But my, my family just completely freaked out. Tell him I said to calm down. Don't make me come up to St. Cloud. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of what I thought you'd say, but how loud do you tell them that it's, you know, I, I might not have it. It's not, maybe not a big deal. Just what, calm down. Do you know when you're going to find out if you do have it or not? Well, it got tested at noon yesterday, and they said it's 72 hours. 72 hours, okay. So, so, how, so let's say you days. are positive. How is that your fault if you're positive? I don't get it. Yeah, you didn't do it on purpose, did you? <laughs> well, you got it on purpose. My, the, reason, the reason I feel bad is because that um, I didn't do what they said you were supposed to do. I went over to my mom's house for Mother's Day, and I potentially exposed other people to it, not knowing that I was potentially sick. How old's your mother? That's what, 84. Does she have any under oh, underlying God. conditions? Is she ill in any way? Uh, yeah. Well, they both are. They're 84, of course. They, they, they got a lot of crap around with them. No, wait a minute, Paulie. It's <laughs> not going to be that long. Yeah, today's Thursday. Yeah, today's Thursday. Yeah, let's get to the inheritance. <laughs> oh, Paulie! <laughs> You don't want to admit that on the air, pal. Andy, I always thought you would dream job was to be an air. Yeah? Yeah, well, here you go. There's a perfect opportunity for you. Paulie, call back next week and tell me how things worked out, would you please? Okay. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for calling, Paulie. Oh, who just coughed? <laughs> Doug Sprinthal. Uh, yeah, oh, that's cold Sprinthal. <laughs> I've got, I have hay fever. Everybody, I, I was oh, started nice. sneezing and cubbed the other day. I thought I was going to get shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. really. I've been sneezing a lot lately, too. I've been sneezing and coughing a lot of so dust much in the, the air. past few Paul, weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, call us back right, next I'll week and let us know how it turns out. Yeah, I'll still God be, bless you. I'll still be sitting here. Thanks, Paulie. Right, we're back with Mike. We were in the middle of talking about the state. Just it's this is an unbelievable story. Although it is, the Walzer organization went through something similar in 2000 when Best Buy was looking around for a place to build their world headquarters, and the city of Richfield, along with the state, said, "Well, 494 in Penn. Why, that'd be great." Best Buy said, "Fabulous." Was that Lindahl? The old Lindahl location? Well, it was uh, Wally Wally McCarthy, McCarthy Lindahl Olds. It was uh, Walzer BMW at the time, Walzer Buick, and Walzer Suzuki. They took out the whole strip. Right. And then back about three blocks, called it eminent domain. Paul Walzer, who he just loves to fight with politicians. Yeah, he does. He he actually did get some of the eminent domain uh, laws changed as a result of that. But that's why our Toyota store and Buick store are now in Bloomington on 494 in France. They used to be right there. So it, it's it is, it, it, it's an intimidating feeling when the state goes after you, you, you even as a, you know, a, we're a fairly well-to-do company, but still it's not unlimited funds and not unlimited power. It, it's really, it's troubling that they have the ability to do that to people. Well, they've attempted to successfully do it since the late 70s. God. Uh, in the mid-80s, the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency, the MPCA, put freeway landfill on the state Superfund list, which is short for MERLA. It stands. It's an acronym for something. And um, as part of that process, what you're required to do once you're put on the state Superfund list 
is that you're required to do what's called a remedial investigation. Freeway Landfill did the remedial investigation by an independent engineer and came to the conclusion after several months of doing what the rules are for doing a remedial investigation that freeway landfill would not impact the health or the environment or the welfare of the state of Minnesota and requested that freeway landfill be delisted or removed from the Superfund list. The state did not do that. At the time, the rock quarry that is immediately adjacent or south of us um, was lowering what they call their quarry sump or their quarry floor to dig more limestone out. So they were dewatering from a deeper level, drawing the water down, and some of our monitoring wells or freeway landfills monitoring wells, I want to be very clear that my dad owned and operated the landfill. I worked for my dad my entire life mm -hmm. and enjoyed doing it, which is why I'm sitting here to defend his honor and name. Mm -hmm. um, that the state asked freeway landfill to do another remedial investigation because the wells, some of the wells had gone dry due to uh, something beyond the quarry, freeway landfill's the control. The yep. We notified the state that, in fact, the wells were starting to go dry. We did another remedial investigation by another independent engineering firm, came to the same conclusion after several months of testing and monitoring that freeway landfill would not impact the health or the welfare or the environment of the state of Minnesota. So I, I assume that the monitoring, monitoring wells are looking for toxic chemicals like lead and mercury and all that right. sort of stuff. All right. those kinds of things. Yeah. And, and when the state, uh, we did that on a quarterly basis for decades and decades. When the state couldn't find anything in those monitoring wells, the law is that they should be placed at the perimeter of the property. The state, a few or several years ago, started drilling wells in the garbage. So the state has changed the law from going from testing at the perimeter of the landfill to if it has the potential to impact the environment. So they put wells in the garbage, which of course they're going to find something, and they went from parts per billion to parts per trillion in measuring. And of course they drilled until they found water perched, it's called, on something, and they determined that they found measurable amounts per trillion of certain chemicals in the landfill, not off-site. Right. I, I have a question. Was was the city of Burnsville going to turn part of that area into what they call the gateway? Th that is what it's commonly referred to. Oh, and, yeah. and you may also recall uh, it was my brother's idea, but about 30 years ago, in, a, in addition to the transfer station, there was a proposal by, was my brother's idea, my family, to build an outdoor amphitheater. Remember that. So, so there, there was going to be a, a seating capacity of 19,500 people in an outdoor amphitheater, which would have been a great use for the property. The right only, on the river. Right on the river. Oh, got it in court. Uh, the only thing on top of the landfill was the parking lot. Uh, the actual amphitheater bowl itself was just on the west side where we have a small rock quarry that's no longer active. We recycle concrete. And there was numerous studies done to show that the residents living up on the bluff in Bloomington would not be impacted by the sound, but, but they were the primary opposers. But the, the, the state really didn't do anything to assist in getting the development right. done. Which is a shame because it, it would be a beautiful piece oh, of God, property yeah. for something like that. And, and it's got to be, so the nearest residents, it has to be two miles, right? 
Well, I don't know how the crow flies if it's actually two miles, Maybe but it is not. a distance. And, and you're, you've got Highway 13 and 35W. It's not like you're out in the middle of the North Woods. Right. In the sound study, uh, it was determined that there would be more noise from the ambient noise from the freeway yeah. than there would be from a concert. Hmm. And so what is the problem with that now? Why don't they want to do that? That went, by the way, <laughs> 20 years ago. I don't... When the was wild started, when the wild first started, we were having conversations with the wild. They were interested in having an outdoor venue in addition to the indoor venue. Right? God, how cool right. would that have been? Yeah. It, so, and it would have been a great end use for the piece of property. Yeah. Well, until the coronavirus hits, and then you can't have any social <laughs> yeah. gatherings. State did you a favor. They're probably going to ask for some money back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't understand. So. Was there one person who started the really negative move toward your family? It wasn't the mayor or anybody like that? It wasn't the governor? No, I, it, 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 it was the Pollution Control Agency. What but, is their problem, though? There's no problem with it. Well, uh, I don't like to surmise or guess as to what okay. their motivation is. Right. But, but if you think about it, government agencies are very good at regulating and... They are very good at getting tax dollars to address what they perceive as issues. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know that I want to be so bold as to suggest that what they have done to freeway landfill over the past four decades easily is that they have provided job security to countless employees at the Pollution Control Agency. <laughs> I thought that was 3M's job. <clears throat> yeah. So, frankly, uh, there is some of my father in me. Because yeah, right, right. I, I am willing to pull out uh, or point out what are uh, transgressions, what is wrong, uh, how freeway landfill has been treated differently, and I appreciate the opportunity to do this. And uh, I, I don't have an answer. Some, some people ask what we would like. Um, we would like the state to back off, and we would like to develop the land. Where the driving range is, we would love to sell to Walzer is Yeah, we would have liked stores. that. We had, to, we had to move way up the hill. We'll talk about that after we come back from the next break. We're here. Our special guest is Mike McGowan. Uh, talk and text line is open. That's 561-228-4061. We'll be right back. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity employer. Is this Doug? Yeah! I knew it! The 
end of Robin Trower's Two Rolling Stone. We recorded that Love a few years ago on our that. homemade album, 1974. We're back with Mike McGowan, final segment of Walzer Automotive's Car Selling Secrets, talking about, it, it's, it's a fascinating story, quite honestly, because you think, I'm trying to think how to ask this question. So right now, with all this litigation going on, it's not possible for you to even develop the land. Is that right? Technically, there's no litigation currently going okay. on. This has been an ongoing process. Uh, what the state is attempting to do right now in the legislature is, is, as I said earlier, change the condemnation process, and the state would like to take the land. Um, uh, so, so back to your... Well, the question is, is, is it... Is it possible to develop it and it sounds like if the state's going to try to take it it's it's going to be up to them it, it, so, so what has happened in the past for instance when uh like a walzer was interested in the property and there was another car dealer that was interested in the property where the driving range is i suggest that they call the state of minnesota yeah and i knew what the answer would be the state wants to do more testing they want to have more work done they wanted to try to try and determine whether there's any problem and, and in the example of a car dealership what better way to take care of an old landfill rather yeah. than to cap it? You have a minimal footprint with the size of an right. agency or a dealership, and you pave the parking lot. Yeah. And the state was opposed to it. I have a question for everybody. Do we have any idea where all the garbage is that's been buried over the last 100 years in the state of Minnesota that's now paved over? I'm, there must be so many landfills we don't even know we're there, Right. I mean, there's, they've Probably. covered up, they've covered up tons of landfills over the years. That's the whole idea, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what is? I don't understand the problem here at all. I don't get it at all. Do you? I don't. I, it's in, in, a, in defense of government. I think that the EPA, which was started in the early '70s, did do a lot of good things for the country. I mean, it cleaned up a lot of issues. Uh, and, and, and cleaned up the quality of water. But that being said, I also don't think it's fair to penalize somebody that follows all the rules. Right. Right. I mean, that's if you guys are dumping car batteries into the Minnesota River, I'd say, yeah, you're not on the podcast. Get, get, the, get the f out. But if you're like, hey, we're a le we're a legitimate business. It's not like you're creating the garbage. Yeah, you it's can't the people that make it. Find people. It's like we're doing. We're going to follow now, the rules. Yeah and dispose of the garbage and put it in landfills. I mean, you're providing a really, if we didn't have people like you, imagine what this world would look like. So it looked like a slum in India. Interesting yeah. you should bring up car batteries. So the reason the state of Minnesota placed freeway landfill on the Superfund list, mm -hmm. uh, there, there were uh, other reasons, uh, distance to the Burnsville well field where Burnsville gets their drinking water, which has been tested by freeway landfill as well. But because we allegedly freeway landfill, took battery waste from a scrap dealer in North Minneapolis. And what it was is oh, not, which not the acid or the lead. It was the chipped battery cases. So it was plastic or the rubber outside. Yeah. Ironically, freeway landfill received two written letters from the Pollution Control Agency in the late 70s and early 80s to accept that waste. Hmm. That's amazing. So I don't I don't know how long. So so I'm going to tie this full circle. Okay. If 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 you you do a good job of tying it all back to the beginning. So you asked what my first car was. So someone the other day suggested that what this is akin to is someone 
having a 1960s car that the government 40 or 50 years later comes back and sues Ford or sues Chevrolet to change all of those cars retroactively to put in seat belts and airbags right. and whatever. All the modern safety and, and that is a great analogy to exactly what is happening to freeway landfill. So if you guys had your druthers, what would you want to happen other than the, the PCA getting off your back? What do you want to do with this place? Well, uh, we believe that it, it is a valuable piece of property where it's located, the one adjacent to the Minnesota River. Yeah. And someday the city of Burnsville would like to make the Kramer Quarry, which is immediately south of us, uh, into a Centennial Lakes on steroids. Because oh, it's, a, really? it's a 600 acre quarry. Yeah. It's fascinating. Someday stop out, and I would love to show you around. I would like to tour over there. And they want to expand that. So I believe that there is such a stigma attached to this because of all of the false information and all of the misleading innuendo that the Pollution Control Agency has put out about this, that I believe that even uh, honest people have been misled by the Pollution Control Agency. So I believe because of the stigma that is attached to the property on both the east and west sides, that the best thing to do is to have the state take freeway landfill out for a fair amount of money. Yeah, there you go. So what's wrong with that? Why don't, why don't they want to do that? They still want to spend the money? Well, they might be currently broke. but <laughs> Yeah, well, now that's a different story right now. But it just amazes me. It's not their money. It's the taxpayer's money. Right. Well, and, and the... Again, what's fascinating about that is it's the taxpayers that created the waste yes. that went into the landfill. <laughs> right, that was my point earlier. It's not like you're That's just true. making... So, so two years ago, the state of Minnesota changed the Superfund law in that in addition to my dad and his company or corporation being liable because he owned and operated the landfill, which, again, I never did or operated, everyone that dumped in there was jointly and severably liable. What the state did two years ago is they changed the law where the state of Minnesota indemnified all of the other people that dump waste in there from the city of Minneapolis, the city of Bloomington, the city of Burnsville, Robbinsdale, where everybody. This, this was a, a large landfill that encompassed yep. a lot of waste. The state indemnified all of those people. So they took all of them out of the equation and guess who the only party was that the state didn't indemnify through the legislation. Why is it? Did they have an argument? Maybe it's been ongoing for forty or fifty years. You, is there any indication at all where this all started? Why this might have happened? Don't 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 have an answer for that. That's amazing. So it's just been an on, ongoing headache for your family for four decades. The, the other thing I suggest to people is, how would you like to have been in a business where thirty years after you close or get out of the business? The state comes back and sues you for more than you ever dreamed of making. God, unbelievable. Have you guys talked to the city of Burnsville at all about what they would want to do with a property? And we, do, we have a lot of dealerships in Burnsville, and I will say of all the uh, towns that we do business in, they're probably the most, by far the most pro-business uh, city council and the mayorship of, of anybody. Bloomington hates us. I mean, Bloomington doesn't want any car dealers there. There is so restrictive. Really? Oh, yeah, it's brutal. There used to be tons of them there. Well, I know. But see, the problem is for car dealers is that the local municipalities don't get 
any of that tax money. It all goes okay. to the state. Well, there you go. All so, right. and the property taxes are much higher in the Mall of America than it is at Walls or Toyota and Walls or Buick and all the, you know, the MotorWorks, BMW, and all those stores. So, but I, I'd be, I, I don't, I was curious if you'd spoken to the city of Burnsville recently to see if there's anything they can do or would want to join forces somehow. There was actually a work session at the city of Burnsville uh, two nights ago, and the city was extremely helpful in trying to get the amphitheater through. Yeah. Uh, the city was very, very helpful and very excited about that potential development. Uh, for some reason, the last few or several years, the state or the city has decided that they would rather let the state take over rather than championing the city, championing a development on the property or championing uh, some development, even yeah. on the land where the driving range is. I would think that a car dealership would generate more tax revenue than a golf than a driving, driving range. range. Probably, yeah. Um, there has not been as much of that of late. Okay. I was curious because I, we've worked with them, and I've been impressed by them. And maybe part of it is because they built the Ames Center a few years ago, but that's not nearly as big as an amphitheater would be. I think it holds a couple thousand. So, so I will come to the defense of the city of Burnsville at this point and say that Part of the reason I believe that they're acting the way that they are is that they have come to believe the misinformation that they're being fed by the state, the Pollution Control oh, yeah. Agency. So, so <clears throat> as good-serving politicians, they are doing what they believe is in the best public interest. Right, and that is their job, actually. actually. Wow, what a story. It is quite the story, no doubt about it. It is quite the story. I... Um, so is there anything next? Do you just have to wait? What's next? Well, we currently have three businesses that are active that pay the bills. We have the golf driving range. We have the transfer station where we take the construction and demolition debris and the municipal solid waste. We also take private individuals if people want to dump stuff. Um, and we also recycle concrete. So, so we have three ongoing businesses that are positive yep. and... As long as that happens and the state doesn't take the land or attempt to take the land, uh, that works for us. They cannot just take the land, can they? They're doing their best to do just uh, that. God, I hate that so much about government. I just hate it. Well, you got to get Greg Gagne in some time and talk <laughs> yeah. about Hennepin County to do his dad. I know. <laughs> Out there in Mound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did they take the six-foot statue at Vern? <laughs> I don't know what happened to they that. There used to be a six-foot statue. You walk in Vern's house, there's a six-foot statue of Vern. Like, really? Really, Vern? You got the statue yourself, do you? <laughs> uh, what a great story. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry your family's going through all this because there's, you must wake up in the morning and go, what the hell did we ever do? If I go to sleep the night before. Yeah, if you go, that's right, if you can get to sleep at all. But uh, you, you just wonder. I mean... I've gone through much, much smaller things than you're talking about, and I go, "What the hell did I ever do to these people? What, the, what is this?" There, there is that question. Well, hopefully <sighs> this will help. And you know, when I talk to Jimmy about this, and he is a big advocate of, of yours, and is really upset about what's going on. Um, you know, if you use this podcast to get the word out and have reasonable people listen, it's a great way to tell the story, and hopefully it'll help because it just sounds like a big screw job. Well, I really appreciate it, Andy, Tom, and Doug. Thank you guys very much. Is there any chance you can sit down with, with Governor Walls? Are they going to give you that opportunity? Well, we haven't asked it in fairness, nor has Governor Walls. But uh, what if I did? 
I would be more than happy to sit down with the governor. <laughs> okay. Well, I just, because I do have that voice. So I just would like to know why, at least sit down with the man and, and talk to him about his business, for God's sake. I would be more than happy to do that. I will I will ask them what the hell's going on. And no question. I wish I'd have known about this back in the Palenti administration, because I could have probably gotten something done then. <clears throat> Oh Dayton, sure, not so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not so true. much with with Mark Dayton. But, well, you we've know. had a few politicians on the podcast, and I always tell Tom, if you can stop saying on the morning show that all politicians are scum, I it didn't might... say all. Ninety nine percent is not all. Would the court reporter please recap the tape? <laughs> It's been a very interesting episode of uh, Car Selling Secrets. We will be back next week. Thanks so much for coming into the studio and telling your story, Mike. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We're out.